Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, it is crossover Thursday. That means we'll take a look at the next team on the schedule for the Silver and Black, and that's the Chiefs. Monday, Christmas, Arrowhead Stadium, Week 16. All that and more on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, Thursday, December 21st, 2023. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. Welcome in Raider Nation to another edition of the Lockdown Raiders podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast to get the latest edition of the show as soon as it becomes available. As always, if you're checking us out on YouTube, thank you. Thank you to you and thank you to my man Ari. Ari does a great job each and every day getting us up on YouTube, looking good and sounding good. We appreciate him and we shout him out. You can check him out on Twitter at Ari Produces. You can hit me up as well at your boy Q254. And we got the Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line at 707-654-4693. No calls or texts coming up on today's show. It is a crossover edition, so we'll talk all things storylines. We'll talk all things matchups, and we'll talk about the path to victory. What is it going to take for each team to get a win? Week 16, Monday, Christmas at Arrowhead Stadium. Chris Clark, one of the hosts of Locked On Chiefs, will join the show. We'll do all that. Before we get into that, though, I do want to go ahead and give you a couple quick updates. One, I want to tell you about a member of Raider Nation, one that uh, I became a really good friend of, not because I hung out with all the time, but just because I became familiar with them. Uh, one, calling the Locked On Raider Podcast voicemail line, and another calling my radio show on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness, and that's Fargo Raider. Don't know if you've seen on Twitter, uh, but just wanted to update you real quick. He was a guy that uh, was very passionate about the Silver and Black, big fan of the Raiders. Used to call into the radio show all the time and talk about the Silver and Black, a funny dude. Uh, really just seems like cool down to earth. Uh, met him once in Las Vegas when he came to a game at Allegiant Stadium. Hung out with him at the Rockstar. Uh, was able to take a picture with him and just chop it up and talk a little Silver and Black. He was celebrating the Raiders' victory on Thursday against the Chargers. Saw him on Twitter shouting out Victory Friday. Found out that he passed away on Saturday. So uh, a young life lost really, uh, like I said, at a young age. Uh, obviously, it's the holiday time. There's never a good time to pass away. But, man, it's the holidays. He had three little ones, uh, had a wife or a girlfriend, whatever. It doesn't even matter, right? It's just a, a, a young dude gone way too soon. And, and I just hate that for him and hate that for his family, especially uh, the young ones. If you follow me on Twitter at your boy Q254, I did uh, retweet the GoFundMe for him and his family uh, just because there's so much going on right now. I can only imagine uh, how they're feeling. So if you want to check that out, check out the GoFundMe. If you can help out during the holiday season for Fargo Raider, if you knew them or heard of them, uh, check out my Twitter at your boy Q254. I also wanted to go ahead and uh, give you an update real quick on the Ra Raiders roster. They made uh, their moves official on Wednesday. Uh, I talked about it on Wednesday's show that on Tuesday the news had rolled out that they were signing defensive tackle Marquand McCall. And uh, I didn't know if it was going to be to the practice squad or the active roster. I figured it was going to be to the practice squad. Well, in, in fact, they did make that official on Wednesday. Marquand McCall uh, is signed to the practice squad, the big defensive tackle. They released cornerback Troy Pride from the practice squad. And they also waived defensive tackle Nesta Jade Silvera. 
funny because I talked about him on Wednesday's show, and I said that, yeah, he made an appearance in that game against the Giants, played pretty well. Then all of a sudden he was in the locker room, you know, celebrating, had the cigars, talking a little bit of trash on video, and we never saw him again. Well, now they waved him. So uh, he was a former seventh-round pick, uh, was in Miami at one point, transferred to Arizona State, uh, knew that he was kind of a wild card, uh, knew that he was a guy that had some knucklehead tendencies. When I said that, when he got drafted, some people took it a little personal and thought I was trying to throw shade at him, but that's what I had heard from people that, uh, you know, that covered him, said, yeah, yeah, he's a good player, but he's just got some knucklehead tendencies. And, well, I don't know exactly what happened in that locker room. I don't know what rubbed the, the coaching staff the wrong way about Nesta J. Silvera, but he is no longer a member of the Silver and Black. And, again, Marquand McCall has been added to the practice squad. Maybe he's a guy that they activate before game time uh, just to add some depth at the defensive tackle position. I know we haven't seen Nesta J. Silvera in quite a while, but uh, interesting timing with three games left to go. Uh, in the regular season. So that's all I got for you as far as news and notes. Uh, we'll jump right into part one of the crossover edition. Again, Chris Clark from Locked On Chiefs, one of the hosts, will join the show. We're going to talk all things storylines. We'll talk all things matchups and path to victory for both teams. Before we do that, though, I want you to know today's crossover edition is being brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Now, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into part one of the crossover edition. Chris Clark and myself talking all things Chiefs and Raiders, biggest storylines here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast. Welcome back, Hugh. How is it going in Raiderland today? It is going. It is going. You can imagine that folks in Raiderland are pretty happy right now with the Raiders getting that 63-21 victory over the Chargers, hated division rival, and, you know, especially coming off that uh, 3 nothing loss to the Vikings just a few days ahead of that. So uh, all is good. Obviously, everything's not good in the grand scheme of things. Still want uh, to find ways to win more games, but feeling pretty good about themselves based off that victory at least. No, I definitely understand that. I'll let you go ahead and go first this time. What is the biggest storyline that you see for the Raiders going into this game? I think the biggest storyline is how can they build off of that Thursday night victory, right? I mean, for the longest, the storyline has been Antonio Pierce and what can he do to try to uh, solidify that head coaching job, not just for the rest of the season, but obviously long term. That's been the storyline. But honestly, Chris, I think it's all about what can they do? What can they show uh, in this upcoming game against the Chiefs that says that that 63 points that they put up against the Chargers was not just the Chargers rolling over and playing dead and quitting on their coach because that's been the storyline, right? Everyone I've talked to has said, yeah, the biggest thing I took away from that is that the Chargers hate Brandon Staley and they didn't want to play for him, so they quit. And I was like, yeah, I get that because I, I, I believe that there's elements to that. But I also think that there's elements to the fact that the Raiders were shut out by the Vikings four days ahead of that game, 3 nothing, coming off their bye week, a very embarrassing loss at home with all the Viking fans in Allegiant Stadium doing the whole skull chant, and they were embarrassed at home. And to find out and to find a way to turn that around and go out four days later on a day that everyone hates playing on Thursday night's games, to go and do that and find a way to put up 63 points, dominate offensively and defensively, and really make the Chargers quit, I think it says a little something about the Raiders as well. So again, I don't want to get too high on it. I don't get too low on the losses either, but I, I think that the Raiders, for this game, the storyline is going to be, how can we show everyone that it wasn't just the Chargers quitting, it was also the Raiders playing really well in this game. So that that's what I think that they're going to go out and try to prove in Arrowhead on Christmas morning, as you very well know. Yeah, and that's going to be quite the game. Uh, you said it on Christmas Day in Arrowhead. Uh, probably going to be cold. Don't really know what the weather is going to be like. So probably too far out to really have a good idea as to what that's going to look like. But uh, it is going to be a big game for the Chiefs and for the Raiders. At this point, Kansas City is playing for 
any chance of getting to the number one seed. Obviously, uh, their chances are a lot further down than they were a couple weeks ago, but they still have an opportunity uh, depending on how the games go this next couple weeks for the Ravens and the Dolphins. But it makes a lot of sense what you're saying. The Raiders wanted to go out there. They wanted to make a statement against the Chargers, and they definitely did that. Yeah, no, they did. They did. And, and again, it was something that as I was sitting there in Allegiant Stadium, I was like, what the hell am I watching, right? I mean, what what is going on? It's like, okay. Been? Right, exactly. They score a touchdown, they cause a fumble. They score a touchdown, they cause a fumble. It's just like, what is going on? You get a fumble, you get a fumble, you get a touchdown. I mean, eight different dudes scored touchdowns on Thursday. And, look, I don't expect that uh, to happen. There's a reason why that was a franchise record for points. I mean, that's not going to happen very often. But it gets the guys feeling pretty good about themselves. The locker room, to say the least, was pretty happy afterwards. Coach Antonio Pierce was pretty happy as well for the Chiefs, I mean, obviously they're in first place right now in the AFC West. It's a little tighter than they're used to it being right now. But what do you feel like is the biggest storyline coming into this game on Christmas? I think there's a couple, but uh, I want to say really quick, I was a little disappointed in the Raiders because they got off to that such a large lead in the second half. I or Starting the second half, I was hoping that they were going to get the NFL record against the Chargers. <laughs> that would have been pretty awesome in the scoring. Uh, I'm not a Raiders fan. Don't want anybody to think <laughs> that. But it still would have been fun to see going against the Chargers. Uh, the one thing I think when I look at this game, there's a lot of storylines coming out of Kansas City. Uh, you know, wide receivers dropping passes, stupid mistakes that they continue, continue they continue to make. But the reality is, and I think what the biggest storyline that people need to realize is Kansas City is almost exactly where they wanted to be, regardless of everything that else has gone that has gone on. If they win this game on Sunday, they are the AFC West champs again. They get you know, they're going to guarantee themselves a home playoff game, whether or not it's the number one seed, two, three, whatever, four, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. They're still going to win the division. That is step one in what they want to do uh, to get back to the Super Bowl. So I think that's the biggest storyline that I'm looking at because the reality is, is that they are exactly where they want to be. They're starting to play a little bit better. Obviously, the Patriots aren't the best you know, measuring stick to see if they're playing better or not. We'll right. see a little bit more against the Raiders, and that's what I'm really curious about going into this game is how does it change? Can they build on what they did against the, the Patriots? Because the one thing that they screwed up against the Patriots, and I will say this, if they do what they did to the Patriots, I'm not going to pick them to lose necessarily against the Raiders, but it's going to be a one-score game, and it may come down to the very end of the game if they turn the ball over twice in the in the Chiefs' territory when, you know, you cannot do that against better teams. The Patriots are bad enough. You're able to get away with it. I'm not going to say the Raiders are great, but I will say I think they're good enough to take advantage of that. And after the way they played against the Chargers, you have to be concerned about doing something like that. Yeah, the Raiders have been uh, pretty opportunistic as far as the defense goes, been able to create turnovers. That was one of the big keys to the whole season for me was like, hey, you got to find a way to create turnovers because they normally don't do that. But, you know, they've created 19 turnovers or 19 takeaways, I should say, so far this season. They're getting to the quarterback better than they have in the past couple of years, and their defense is playing better. So I think that that's why it's going to make this game really challenging. Let me ask you this, just on a side note, you know, say the, the Chiefs win this game and win the division, get into the playoffs and do, you know, do what they, they're expected to do do you expect them to be able to have enough firepower I know the defense is playing well but is the firepower there offensively good enough to get them where they ultimately want to be which is actually playing where I'm at in Las Vegas at the end of the year is it good enough when you have Patrick Mahomes I think that you have a pretty big leeway to be able to get to where you want to go in the Super Bowl and he has shown he played a great game against the Patriots and I know people are going to look at his stat line of two interceptions and go well that's not a great game 
Go watch where he had his interceptions. <laughs> Both of those balls were thrown where they needed to be. One, the guy didn't actually come and attack the ball, which I've, we've talked about multiple times on Locked on Chiefs. Is, is a receiver or tight end, you have to attack the ball when it's coming to you. Two, Kadarius Tony has a ball, hit him in the hands, and it pops it up and it goes to an interception. Those types of things are going to kill this team if they continue to do them. But the reality also on the other side is, is Kadarius Tony regardless of whether or not you actually like what he's been able to do for the Chiefs this year, he has talent that nobody else on the roster has. He has the ability to make plays. It's the question of can you get it out of him in the times that you're going to need it. That's the big question. And what I will say is that the Chiefs have started to show that they have a legitimate receiver in Rasheed Rice yeah. who I do think can carry an offense at times, not necessarily by himself at this point in his career, but carry it enough to where if some other guys can make just, you know, one or two catches a piece, I think they'll be in a good position. It's just weird seeing the Chiefs not be the Chiefs that you are used to seeing. And obviously, I don't have to tell you. I'm not breaking any news to you. I mean, you, you're living it. You're, you're covering them on the daily. So uh, it's just, it's just, I don't want to say it's a strange world that we're living in, but I'll tell you, man, just, you know, seeing how the whole NFL has shaken out this year with it really being like the year of the backup quarterback, you know, some things don't look like they normally do. It's just, it's a different year. And that's why we love the NFL. So uh, love when they actually get on the field and play the games because we think we know, we know until we don't know what we know uh, when they get on the field. But there you go. Good stuff right there. I like it. Yeah, and that's you said it exactly exactly correct. Because if you look back at what Kansas City was looking at in this preseason, they thought that they had seven guys that were wide receiver that were going to be able to make plays, seven guys that were going to be able to do different things, and they were going to be able to use all these guys and interchange things and get a lot of different pr- production. And now you're at a point where Rasheed Rice is your best wide receiver, which I don't think is a horrible situation. But – the other guys that you were hoping were going to be able to step in and compliment haven't been able to do that at, at this point. And that's really held this offense back. The scary thing for, for other teams is if Kansas city can start to find ways just to get two or three plays from MVS, two or three plays from Justin Watson, two or three plays from, you know, maybe a Justin Ross, or, you know, if McCall Hardman is a guy that can come back two or three plays from Kadarius Tony as an offense and, and Noah Gray as well, they can be a scary offense, and their defense is still playing very well. Uh, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting to see what it looks like, man. The playoffs are gonna be uh, you know very interesting. There's a lot of really good teams that are gonna be battling it out, and uh, we'll see what Kansas City does. But uh, you know, the, right now uh, I'm not focused on the playoffs. I'm just focused on Monday night, uh, well Monday afternoon, I should say, uh, Christmas yeah. at Arrowhead Stadium. That's gonna be something. Week 16 action. Yeah, I cannot wait. And when we get back, we're gonna be talking about the biggest matchups. What could lead to a win for each team? And we're going to be going into our predictions for this game on Christmas. So there was part one of the crossover edition right there. The biggest storylines between the Raiders and the Chiefs. Week 16 action, Monday, Christmas, Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, Fun times, right? Cannot wait to Christmas to see this game. Coming up in segment number two, we'll talk about the biggest matchups. Where are the Raiders going to match up with the Chiefs? How are the Chiefs going to match up with the Silver and Black? We'll do that in part two of the crossover edition segment number two of the Lockdown Raiders podcast. We'll do it next here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast. Before we do that, though, I do want to tell you about FanDuel. And as the weather gets colder, and believe me, it is getting colder, the NFL offers stay hot. Red hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Just like that. It's that simple. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, you should. There's no better time to get in on the action than right now. As a matter of fact, the Chiefs are 10-point 
favorites right now, according to FanDuel. So maybe you're someone that likes to bet the spreads. You can do that. Maybe you like player props. Maybe you like over-unders. It could be totals. Whatever the case may be, you can do a whole lot of different options. Just check it out. The app is easy to use, and it has so many different betting options for you to choose from. Check it out today, FanDuel.com slash locked on. Get into the NFL season the right way with FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast, crossover edition, part two. We already talked about the biggest storylines. Now it's time to talk to the biggest matchups. Chris Clark and myself, talking Chiefs, talking Raiders. This is part two of our conversation on the crossover edition here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. Q, what is your biggest matchup heading into this game against the Chiefs? You know, it's really the interior of the, the Raiders defensive line and their rookie Tyree Wilson has been playing on the interior um, you know, quite a bit the last few games and has been playing pretty well. And he's gotten off to a slow start his rookie year. Uh, he was supposed to be the guy that was the bookend to Max Crosby. And actually, he was supposed to come along slowly. And Chandler Jones was supposed to fill that void across from Max Crosby. Chandler Jones never got on the field in 2023 for the Silver and Black. So Tyree Wilson had a little bit more pressure put on him early. And he really didn't get off to that good of a start. It really got off pretty slow and looked like, man, this guy may be a bust, right? There's, you started hearing the B word. He slid on the inside. Malcolm Coates has been on the outside now, and he's been thriving as a pass rusher across from Max Crosby the last couple of games, causing multiple sacks and fumbles, which has been a big deal. Not only just getting to the quarterback, but causing them to fumble, and the Raiders have been able to recover. But a lot of it has to do with pressure that's uh, uh, pressure that's been hitting the quarterbacks from the interior, which is Tyree Wilson. And again, he hasn't got to the quarterback on all these plays, but he's just that force on the interior. And I know that Patrick Mahomes, one of the things he loves to do the most is step up in the pocket. And he's burned the Raiders so many times by stepping up in the pocket. I think there's going to be a big emphasis in this game on that Raiders defensive line, but more importantly, the interior. Can Tyree Wilson be that guy to really shut the door on that, uh, that step-up lane for, uh, for Patrick Mahomes because when he steps up, as you very well know, he has so many different options. Throw a ball that he's supposed to throw, throw a ball he's not supposed to throw because he, he completes those two. Or step up and take off and run, and he does that really well when he needs to. I know it's not the first option, but he's like a, like a three-trick pony or something, you know, like different, different things he can do, uh, and, and that's dangerous, right? When you let that guy start getting crazy and get loose, he'll, he'll do exactly that. So I think that really, man, it's going to come down to the Raiders' defensive line. Can they uh, make him uncomfortable in the pocket and that uncomfortableness that feeling has got to come from the interior I think all eyes are going to be on number 9 Tyree Wilson the 7th overall pick for the Silver and Black in this past April's draft I have to ask really quick do you think that they're going to spy him do you think they'll use a spy on him um, I don't know I don't think they're going to necessarily spy him I just think that they're going to expect their uh, you know their guy in the interior to be able to to close out that that uh, you know that step up lane and you know Antonio Pierce is like to get four edge rushers on the field at the same time using that NASCAR pack is something he's familiar back with when he played with the Giants. So uh, that's something that the Raiders have had a lot of success with as of late as well. Their defense has been playing great. I mean, it really has. Their defense is not the reason why uh, they're sitting there at a sit with a six and eight record. It's been the offensive struggles. So the defense has done its job. Even against Kansas City the first time, it did a really good job until the dam just broke. Then it was like, all right, well that's a wrap. And Kansas City ran away with it, as you know. Uh, so yeah, the, the offense has just not been complimentary. But if that defensive line could really step up and really make make life a little bit difficult on Patrick Mahomes, it could be a lot closer game than a lot of people expect it to be. 
Well, and I, you know, I hate going with the obvious one, but really the reality of it is, is that Max Crosby came into the game last time and was coming out of being in the hospital yeah. uh, and was playing uh, and played a game that he probably shouldn't have. Uh, I'm really kind of surprised that the Raiders allowed him to play. I understand you wanting your best guys out there and, and trying to win and all that. I get it. Uh, but it sounded like just based on what he said that he went through that week, I would have thought that they would have held him back. Uh, I get that he wanted to play, and I understand that, and that's the type of guy he is. But that's going to be a huge matchup in my mind. You're talking about the interior of the defensive line. I want to talk about Max Crosby versus Jawan Taylor. Last time the Raiders played the Chiefs, Jawan Taylor only had one pressure that, that he gave up, and it was a hurry. And I'm not sure if it was Max Crosby or not. I, I was looking for that. But he only gave up one hurry in that game, according to PFF. Obviously, they're not great. Uh, I think Max Crosby still got home in that game, but mm -hmm. they didn't put that on on Taylor in that regard. Uh, so I am curious to see what he's able to do against Jawan Taylor. This is going to be a big matchup for Kansas City. You're absolutely right. If they can get interior pressure, that's really going to hurt Kansas City because you're right, Mahomes does like to step up. But lately, one of the things he's been doing, I think that's made it a little bit harder on his tackles at times, is he's actually been stepping back, mm. which gives the ability for people that are going, you know, seven, eight yards away from the line of scrimmage, trying to get that guy around the arc, uh, you know, gives them the chance to be able to get around that arc a little bit more and, and get after the quarterback. So that's going to be something to watch. Uh, and in, in my mind, you have to hope that uh, Jawan Taylor can have a good game against Max Crosby, but that's going to be a huge matchup in this game. Yeah, no, it will be. And Max is a lot healthier this week than he was that week, right? You're right. That exactly. was a game that a lot of folks uh, were surprised that he played in. He was doubtful. Uh, he was the first player out of 69 players to actually play in a game after being listed doubtful and not practicing all week. But he said, it's Patrick Mahomes, it's the Chiefs, I got to be out there. Well, again, fast forward a few weeks, he's a lot healthier now. Uh, basically, he had a bye week and a, almost another mini-bye because they played on Thursday, and then they're not playing again until Monday. So really almost had two full weeks of practice. You know, at this part of the season, they're not really practicing. Everything is basically a glorified walkthrough. So he's had time to kind of stay off his feet and stay off his knee and get a little rest and relaxation and get out there. And, and Patrick Mahomes, man, seeing 15 in the in the backfield, that gets a 98 going. So, I mean, that's that's one of those one-two uh, punches, you know, the little mano-a-mano, the, the chess match between Mahomes and Crosby that I think we all signed up for. That's That's fun in itself, let alone the whole game. No, it absolutely is, and one of the big things there is, you know, people want to say they hate each other. I guarantee you they don't hate each no, other. No, no. Those two, those two love each other, and it's and it's camaraderie, it's respect. Mm -hmm. But both of them want to get in each other's heads, and and when they get on the football field, it's all about competition. That's what gets it, them to get to play their best. So that's huge, and it's kind of funny to me, in a way, for you to sit here and say that it hasn't been the defense that's hurt them. And I don't mean that uh, harshly against their defense, but what I mean is. In the past several years, it's always been the Raiders' defense that's been the yeah. downfall. Yeah, and then, you, and then you get to this season, and yep. it's really—I'm not going to say it hasn't—it's been great, but it hasn't been their downfall like the offense has been. No, it, it hasn't. That's the thing about it. I mean, to allow teams to score at the most like 19, 20 points a game—I mean, that's what they're averaging. I think if you're a Raider fan, you take that every day of the week and twice on Absolutely. Sunday because again, they've been giving up 30, 34, 40 points, you know, on, on the regular. And so for this year to have that defense turned around the way it is. And again, I mean, like Minnesota's not a great team, but they lost that game 3-0. <laughs> right? right, I mean three zero. I mean, your defense, right? Ex exactly. So you know the offense has struggled to go over twenty points before this game against the Chargers. The offense has only gone over twenty points one time all season. 
Like, think about that. That's wild. And that was the first game that Antonio Pierce was the uh, interim head coach. That was against the Giants, and the Giants aren't very good. So them going over 20 points that one time was like, okay, well, it's the Giants. And then, of course, they had their big performance against the Chargers on Thursday Night Football last week. But, I mean, the offense has been on the struggle bus, and there's way too much talent, man. you got, you know, Jacoby Myers. You've got Hunter Renfro. You've got Devontae Adams. Devontae freaking Adams, right? You've got Josh Jacobs. You've got all this talent. You've got all these weapons that you would think could find a way to get into the end zone, and instead it's your it's your place kicker that's kicking a bunch of field goals, and you're not going to win a lot of games. You're sure not going to win against those guys, the Kansas City Chiefs, by kicking field goals. You've, you, you may be able to extend the lead against Kansas City with some field goals, but consistently kicking field goals, you ain't going to win games. Kansas City is laughing at you all the way to the bank if that's what you think you're going to do. So, uh, yeah, the yeah, defense has lose. not been the problem. It's been the offense. No, I agree. And you're going to lose if you're kicking field goals against the Chiefs, generally speaking. And it's funny you mentioned 20 points because that is really the the – I hate saying high mark. It's not really high mark, but that is the mark that you want to hit when you're playing against Kansas City. If you can score over 20 points with the way the Chiefs offense has been playing this year, you're going to have a chance to win the game. But that's the big question. Can they score more than 20? Yeah. The big thing, the other big matchup that I'm really looking for in this game is Josh Jacobs, when he does play, uh, is he healthy enough to actually make a difference? And what I mean by that is if you watch the last time they played, you know, Devontae Adams had a good first half, but didn't really do much in the second half. Right. Josh Jacobs being able to run the ball and the Raiders being able to run the ball, if they can do that in this game, that's a huge change from last time that could actually give the Raiders an advantage because if they can run and pass, that makes it a lot harder to defend. Yeah, that's a big question, right? And, and again, Antonio Pierce kind of indicated that Josh Jacobs will be available on Monday. Uh, but I also want to see what Zamir White can do, right? Zamir White is the guy who got the start against the Chargers. The, uh, he was a former fourth-round pick. He got his first career start, his first career touchdown. And he looks good. I mean, the dude is a Georgia Bulldog, so it's not like he's, you know, some slacker coming from some, you know, some some terrible program in college. I mean, this dude uh, is, is coming from a de- defending national champion. So, I mean, he, he knows how to get it done. Uh, that I don't think that would be a bad one-two punch if Josh Jacobs can't give you 100% to get Zamir White in there. He's shown that he can carry the rock. He's shown that he can block. He can do a lot of things. I think Josh Jacobs is a much better receiver out of the backfield than Zamir, but Zamir could still carry the rock and, and tote it if, if need be. And I know the Raiders are going to – their goal is going to be to – let someone carry the ball 20 times, right? Either get it to Josh Jacobs exclusively 20 times or a combination of Jacobs and Zamir White 20 times. But that's always the number that they look at, 20. If they can get to 20 carries, they feel pretty good about their chance to win that game. They just they do so much better when they're having a successful run game. So if the Raiders could run the ball, they'll feel like that, that could open up the rest of their offense and allow them to have opportunities to hit Devontae and Jacoby and, and everybody else. And Trey Tucker, you know, the rookie with some speed who scored a couple touchdowns against the Chargers. Can he extend and take the top off the defense? All of a sudden, they're starting to add that element as well, and they got a rookie tight end in Michael Mayer from Notre Dame. He could play as well. So, you know, can he get involved? So the weapons are there. The question, Chris, is can they actually get them involved consistently? It's that C word that the Raiders have struggled with all season long. Not just the Raiders, the Chiefs have as well. <laughs> and you're absolutely right. It's it's consistency. It's, it's getting the ball moved around a lot. And the one thing I will say is Kansas City has shown that they have the ability to be beat if the other team can run the ball consistently on them. And I will say, I understand you're saying if you can get to 20 carries, you feel pretty good. But the only way you're getting to 20 carries is if you're you know, carrying the ball for three, four yards a carry. You're not going to get 20 carries if you only throw – if you only carry it for – you know, two or three or, you know, one or two yards. So that's going to be a big difference in this game. In my mind is if you can get to a point where you can get three or four yards of carry, which is something that you can be done against this chief's defense. Although Nick Bolton coming back is, is something that's probably going to help, 
when we get back, we need to talk about what could lead to a win for both teams and predictions. So there you go. The biggest matchups right there between the Chiefs and the Raiders. And I really do think the defensive line, especially the interior, is going to play a major, major factor in this game. Of course, we'll talk a lot more about that on Friday's show and Monday's show as well as we do keys to victory. You know how we get down. So we'll do that uh, coming up, you know, as we close out the week and head into the weekend and, and also Christmas. But I uh, just wanted to go ahead and break that down. I thought that that's going to be a really big element, really big area of, uh, you know, focus for the silver and black going into Monday's Christmas game, week 16, Kansas City Chiefs, Arrowhead Stadium. <laughs> what more could you ask for on Christmas except for a victory, right? Well, how do they get that victory? We'll talk about it in segment number three. You'll hear Chris Clark's path to victory for the Kansas City Chiefs and my path to victory for the silver and black. We'll do that coming up in part three of today's Lockdown Raiders podcast. And we'll get to that right after I tell you about DoorDash. And you could be at the house watching any game. Maybe you don't want to leave because it's a high-flying game. It's fun. It's exciting. You're hungry, though, right? Your belly is rumbling, so you got to get something to eat. Instead of having to try to pause the game or try to listen to it on the radio as you run out of the house to go get something, all you got to do is DoorDash it. It's coming right to your house right now. If you haven't DoorDash before, if you don't have DoorDash on your uh, the app on your phone, what are you waiting for? Get 50% off up to $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code LOCK23. Like LOCK Michael Jordan, LOCK23. Subject to change, terms apply. And look, if you don't have the DoorDash app on your phone, I don't know why you don't. That's something that you should have anyway for reasons just like this. Or maybe when you're at work, maybe you're working late night and you can't get up out of there and go, uh, you know, go get something to eat, but you're hungry. Again, DoorDash, any of your local favorites will come straight to the house, come straight to your job, whatever the case may be. They'll even go to the grocery store for you if that's what you want. So I got a lot of great options around the house. And since I spend so much time right here in Studio Q, I can DoorDash anytime I want. And guess what? You can too. Again, if you have not downloaded the app yet, what are you waiting for? Get 50% off of the $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code LOCK23. Subject to change, terms apply. Again, that's 50% off up to $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code LOCK23. Subject to change, terms apply. And $15 is nothing. You could spend $15 like that. So you're going to get a discount. You're going to get a hookup. You're going to get some money back. Don't forget, is promo code LOCK23 for 50% off of the $10 value on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and spend $15 or more. Subject to change, terms apply. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation, segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to jump into part three of the crossover edition with Chris Clark and myself talking all things Chiefs and Raiders week 16 at Arrowhead Stadium, Christmas Day, nothing could go wrong, 10 a.m. Pacific kickoff. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. You wake up, you, uh, you unwrap your gifts, and then you watch the Raiders give you another gift with a victory over the Chiefs, right? Well, how are they going to get that victory? That's what segment number three is all about. Part three of the crossover edition, Chris Clark and myself will tell you how the Chiefs and the Raiders can get a victory on Monday. We'll do that right now here in segment number three. Here's part three of the crossover edition on the Lockdown Raiders podcast. All right, Q, when we get into this game and we get into the nuts and bolts of it, you know, we talked about Jacobs. We talked about some of the matchups that we really like going into this game uh, and, where, and how it could really work into this game. What do you see is what would lead to the, I'm sorry, the Raiders winning this game? 
for the Raiders to win this game, they've got to be able to establish the run. And I don't know if that means that they're going to start running the ball as immediately as soon as they get the ball uh, for the first time or if they're going to try to loosen things up a little bit with the, the passing game, maybe some quick hitters to, to Devontae. I believe that's how they started the game last time was a couple quick hitters. Uh, but they do have to, at some point, get the run game going. Um, they also... Uh, need to use utilize some of their weapons. Like, Devontae is great. You want to get him the ball, uh, but you want, really want to get the tight end Michael Mayer involved. He, he's a guy that has shown his ability to not only catch the ball routinely, he's all of a sudden becoming a really good blocker as well. He's done a really good job uh, developing that skill set. And the one thing about him, and you'll notice when he catches the ball, and like, like really good running backs do, they always fall forward when they get tackled. He always falls forward. He's always, if he gets a four-yard catch, it's six yards because he's falling forward for two more. He's always rumbling, stumbling, trying to pick up a couple more yards. He always has that intensity and try to, you know, run through somebody to pick up some extra yardage. He's always fighting and clawing for, you know, extra yardage. And, you know, that, that works 99% of the time. I know he's put one on the ground trying to do that as well. You can get a little loose with the ball when you try to do that, but... It's something that, one, it fires up the team when he's able to do that, and it keeps the sticks moving. So I think that that has to be, uh, you know, a big a big key to the game as well. you got to get the run game going. you got to get Michael Mayer involved, and you got to take shots when you have the chance. Take a couple deep shots, right? Show the team that you're not afraid to take those deep shots. Early in the season when Jimmy G was the quarterback, uh, they, they weren't doing that. And, and every team that they played knew, yeah, they ain't going to take no deep shots. Just going to go ahead and crowd the line of scrimmage. Going to go ahead and load up the box and dare them to try to run or throw that little short stuff because we're going to be all over that because they wouldn't stretch the field. Trey Tucker has speed. He has deep ball speed. He has an ability to go track the ball. He's done it multiple times, and now he's starting to catch the ball consistently. So you've got to take those shots. You've got to establish the run. You've got to get the tight end, Michael Mayer, involved. Devontae Adams, he'll, his, his game will come. Jo, uh, Jacoby Myers, his game will come. I feel like those guys are just the, the obvious answers. But the other elements around it has to be done def- uh, offensively for them to have a chance in this game. What are your thoughts? Man, when I start looking at this game, uh, I have to look in. I have to look at the Chiefs' receivers, and uh, it's not really just receivers; it's also tight ends as well, outside of Kelsey. Uh, and the reality is, that they need to have a number three guy step up. And I don't know who it's going to be. Is it going to be MVS? Is it going to be Watson? Uh, maybe it's going to be a different guy every single week. Uh, but regardless, you have Rasheed Rice, who's who's was targeted and caught nine balls last week for ninety yards uh, with a touchdown. You had you know Travis Kelsey get five catches, but only have thirty yards. Uh, that's going to be hard to continue to win if those are your top two guys and that's the kind of production you're getting. You have to have somebody else that's able to step in and get some production. One of the things that happened last week is Clyde Edwards-Alaire had a big screenplay. Uh, and you know whether or not he's going to be a big part of this game plan, that's a big question mark because it does sound like Isaiah Pacheco could be back. If Kansas City can get Pacheco going and get, can get him 15, you know, 10, 15 carries, uh, and it'll be interesting to see if they do that with him, considering he's just coming back from an injury. But if they can get him 10 to 15 carries, I think that helps the offense, and it will actually, uh, you know, hopefully open up the passing game a little bit. But you have to have somebody else step up. So the big thing to me is who is going to be that number three option? Who's going to catch, you know, three, four, five balls for 60, 70 yards and continue to move the chains when the top two or three guys 
are guarded. That's going to be the key for Kansas City to win in this one for me. You know, the other thing for the Raiders, you know, if they're they were trying to get this W at Arrowhead, like I know they're going to attempt to do uh, defensively, they've got to make it difficult on Patrick Mahomes. Defensively, they've got to do what they've been able to do as of late, which is come up with a couple turnovers. And I know that Patrick Mahomes is so so good with the ball, but somehow, some way, right, there's an opportunity to, to get a, a, a takeaway. You know, if it bounces off a receiver's hands, if it's a fumble, whatever the case is, they've got to find a way to try to generate that takeaway and get their offense a couple extra possessions, maybe a couple short fields, uh, whatever the case is. They've got to find a way to do that. And, of course, uh, 98 you know, harassing Patrick Mahomes, making him run around a little bit. Nine, looking at Tyree Wilson, Malcolm Koontz. Uh, the one thing about Malcolm Koontz, I'll say this again, he's been getting to the quarterback, but he's also been attacking the ball. He's been trying to strip sack the quarterback each and every time. He's caused about four fumbles in the last three games. So, I mean, he's he's really getting a knack for that. And I think there's an art to that. I don't think it's something that just happens, right? It's just it's like something that you do really well or you don't. And he's starting to show that he could really do that. So, uh, when I talk about finding a way to get a takeaway, that could be it as well. Maybe a, 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 a sack of the quarterback and a strip. Or maybe stopping the run. Maybe, you know, Clyde Edwards-Alaire or Isaiah Pacheco. You know, maybe they slow him down and someone punches it out. So whatever the case may be, the Raiders need to win that turnover battle. They've got to have a couple of them at the end of the day and give Aiden O'Connell and company a couple, uh, you know, shorter fields and try to operate with. And, of course, you got to cash in. You can't, you know, create turnovers. I want to say uh, when they played Miami, they had about – I think they won the turnover battle. They had, like, three or four turnovers, and they got, like, six points out of it. You know, no no, no touchdowns, a couple field goals. I was like, well, that was a waste. So, you know, if you're going to get the turnovers, you might as well do something with it when you get them. So that's going to be one of the big keys as well is creating turnovers and, and, and trying to harass Patrick Mahomes as much as possible, which is not – not an easy uh, task at all because he's really stinking good, as you know. Yeah, and the big thing for me is you—they can't lose a turnover battle when you're when you talk about the Chiefs. If they lose a turnover battle, they're going to be in trouble in this game. Uh, that's just the reality of it. And the one thing that I will say that I didn't mention before—they have to stay out of third long. Mm-hmm. If you look at what this team has been able to do on third down this season, and I've been tracking it all year long, they're fantastic. Even on third, you know, third and short, they've gotten a lot better this year. Third and medium, they're usually pretty good. But you get them into that third and long, and you know the NFL average is, is not great. But even you know they're still pretty high up on the NFL average. But if you can get them into third and long, that's going to give them, it's going to get probably the Raiders the opportunity to get off the field. Yeah, if they just find a way to get a stop. So getting Kansas City into third and long is is a way to stop this defense. The one thing that I will say is when they've been successful on offense, usually this year. It's they're getting first downs on first or second down. Mm-hmm. They're not even getting to third down sometimes. So that's also something to watch. Uh, when you look at this game, what is your final prediction for this game? Oh, man. Oh, man. You hit me with that one. I don't know if I was ready for that one. It's a Christmas <laughs> gift. Um, Man, it's funny. I said that the Raiders were going to win last time at Allegiant Stadium because I feel like that they have to beat the Chiefs at some point. They've got to figure it out. I'm going to get crazy, man. I'm going to get wild. It's Christmas. Why the hell not, right? <laughs> so I've been talking about it a lot all week. Like, man, I'm I'm feeling more confident in this game, even though it's the Chiefs and it's still a scary uh, team. Uh, I say scary with all due respect. Like, it's it's just – it's a tough out, as, as you know. You know, the Raiders aren't very successful against the Chiefs. But – I think this game is huge for Antonio Pierce. I know it's huge for the Chiefs. They could win the division. They win this game. But I think this game means so much to Antonio Pierce. Like he, I don't want to say has to win it, 
but he really needs to win this game. I'm going to get crazy, Chris. I am. I, I, I may live to regret this later, but I'm going to say that the Raiders find a way to squeak this thing out 27-24 uh, in Arrowhead on Christmas morning. It's going to be what they'll call in Las Vegas and Raider Nation a Christmas miracle, uh, but it's going to be something that's going to be talked about. So I'm going to get a little crazy. I, I may, maybe I, I put on my, my, uh, my Raider glasses before we started this, and maybe that's why I'm <laughs> leaning in that direction. I don't know, but something about this defense makes me feel uh, comfortable and you know, just maybe they figured it out. They got Bo Hardegree now, the offensive coordinator in the booth, as opposed to on the sideline. That made a little bit of a difference, I think, against the Chargers. So maybe they can expand on that and build off of that. So like I said, man, I'm going to get a little crazy, and I'm going to say the Chiefs are going to take an L an Arrowhead on Christmas, 27-24. The Silver and Black are going to take it. And no victory laps after that. They're just going to go out, uh, get dressed, and get on the thing, you know, be professionals, and get up out of there. How about that? What says you about the final uh, prediction? You know, I look at this game and I look at what the char- what the Raiders did last week to the Chargers, and uh, that was impressive. Regardless of you know the defense, I I know gave them short fields and that helped uh, score some points, and I get all that. But their offense was able to score points themselves, and they were able to you know sustain drives. That's something that you got to look at. It's a little bit different than what than the last time they played them. So, you know, I look at this game and I look at the Chiefs' defense. I think the Chiefs' defense is starting to get a little bit better than they have been in the past couple of weeks because now they have Nick Bolton back. They have Nick Bolton back. They have Drew Tranquil. The one thing that scares me is they don't have Brian Cook, who is played fantastic at the back end of this defense. So they are susceptible over the top, and that could be a problem. But I still think Kansas City is looking at this game knowing if we win this game, we we win the division. Yeah, uh, We are where we need to be, and we cannot overlook any teams at this point. We have played ourselves into a position where we have to win every single game and have a chance to be to get to where they really want to go. So I think Kansas City wins. I'm going to say 27-17 Kansas City. Okay. Uh, and to me, I think that this could be a two-score game. It could be a lot closer late. It just really depends on turnovers. And if Kansas City can get out of their own way uh, and not get penalties, not get turnovers, and they can maybe fix the drop problem. Well, I'll tell you what. That's the point spread. 10-point favorites are the Chiefs right now. So, I mean, you wouldn't – it's not crazy saying that they're going to win by 10 because, well, the fine folks at FanDuel believe that they're going to win by 10. And shout out to FanDuel, our sponsors. Uh, we love them, and we definitely encourage you to go check them out. But, yeah, I mean, they they have the Raiders as 10-point underdogs, so uh, that would not be a shock at all. And, you know, if the Raiders could keep it close, then maybe if you're trying to bet some money and win some money, you know, maybe you, you take the points and, and go with the Raiders, and maybe they keep it closer than that. Maybe they flat out win it. But I know one thing. I can't wait till Christmas. I really can't, man. I, I, I appreciate every single day. I don't want to fast track all the way to Christmas right now. But, man, I'm excited about this game. And, and I'll tell you, about a month ago, I wasn't that excited about it. But Antonio Pierce has brought some new energy to this team. It's been a lot of fun just seeing how it develops under him. Even though they're 3-3 three and three since he's been the head coach, I, you feel like that they have a chance every time because of what AP brings to the table. So it's just a newfound energy uh, in Raider Nation right now. So this is going to be a lot of fun, man. I definitely look forward to it. And I, I know the Chiefs uh, Chiefs Kingdom does as well as they're hosting this one on Christmas morning. Well, Christmas afternoon for, for Kansas City. Yeah, and I know that uh, Antonio Pierce really wants this one just to have a chance. That I think he want, you know this could give him a, a one-up on trying to get that job after yeah. this season. Uh, and it would be huge for the Raiders. Uh, so that's going to be something to watch, absolutely. And I know that this is going to be a big step up for the Raiders because you're, you don't have Josh McDaniels. I know you haven't had him for weeks, but they've been trending in the right direction. Attitude, you can see it on the field, all of that. So it's really going to be a good game on Sunday, and, or I'm sorry, on Monday. It's going to be the only game on Monday. So 
it's going to be a lot of fun. So there it is right there, man. I've been talking about it, kind of teasing it really since last week that, uh, you know, I think that the Raiders have a good chance in this game. And I don't know if I've convinced myself uh, that they're going to get a victory. But uh, you heard me right there when we went to do the the uh, predictions. I said the Raiders are going to get the dub, man, 27-24. And I only gave the Chiefs 24 points because the Raiders, you know, they give up about anywhere from 17 to 20 points a game. But it's the Chiefs, so I'll give them a little bit of respect and give them 24. But I'm assuming, and this is a big assumption, that the Raiders have figured something out offensively based off what they did last week and Bo Hardegree being moved to the booth. So that's why I gave them a little bit of a nod. Now they've got to come through and show that they've got that. But it would be a big, huge victory for Antonio Pierce and company uh, if they were able to get that Week 16 victory. So I've been leaning that way, leaning that way, leaning that way. I'm all in. I'm rolling all the way in, going all the way up like DJ Khaled would when it comes to uh, the Raiders and the Chiefs on Monday, Christmas, week 16. Coming up tomorrow, we'll have uh, a lot of uh, calls and texts. Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Of course, we'll have uh, news and notes of the day. We'll have plenty of conversation as well. Matter of fact, on uh, Wednesday, I asked Antonio Pierce a really good question, uh, I thought, at the Intermountain Health Performance Center when we met with him, talking about Raiders football, what he thinks of when he thinks of Raiders football as he grew up a fan, and how close is the team currently to playing that style of football. You'll hear his answer on tomorrow's show. We'll talk about it as well. A lot to get to as we close out the week really strong. And then don't forget, on Monday, we'll have keys to victory, what the Raiders have to do to get a dub in Kansas City. We'll do that uh, to get you prepared for that 10 a.m. kickoff on Christmas morning. So until tomorrow, Raider Nation, take care of yourself, take care of your family, love on your family. Most importantly, as always, just win, baby.